Hello everyone and welcome once again to Joe's Tango Podcast. This is a show where we speak to a variety of tango professionals, teachers, DJs, musicians, event organizers, etc. We hear about their experiences, their insights, and through that we figure out more ways to improve our own tango. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in. If you're a new listener, I'm glad that you found us. And please take a moment to check out the previous episodes. You're going to find a lot of interesting stuff. My guest today is Mark Word. He's a clinical social worker who's passionate about helping victims of psychological trauma. Much of his experience also stems from his time in the military, where he functioned as a behavioral health officer. Before falling in love with tango, Mark was a professional musician, spent a number of years living in Europe, and also developed a passion for languages. So rather than mention anecdotes about dancing and and general feelings of well-being that dancing brings us, we're going to hear from a therapist who has expertise in this field and who can provide some more detailed answers on the subject of tango and healing. And with me now is Mark Word. Mark, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. It's great to be talking to you. Yes, yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. Okay, Mark. So take us back uh, maybe to the beginning of your tango journey. So how, how did you fall in love with this dance? Well, I was um, a musician, and I first learned to dance uh, uh, when I was going through a difficult time. And I never already thought about it until many years later. I was at Boston University, and I decided I would break away from the graduate work and take a ballroom class. And I really fell in love with uh, swing because mm-hmm. I was a, a jazz musician, and I wanted to experience what dancers do. So. But during that time, I I found it very helpful and very wonderful to help me kind of process what I was going through at the time. And then fast forward from that time, I um, again was in a situation where I was had learned bass while I was deployed as a as a mm-hmm. behavioral health asset for the 101st Airborne mm-hmm. uh, Division, and um, I was asked to play the bass because they didn't have any drums, so the chaplain asked me, and I said, well, I really don't play bass, but I learned. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, again, I learned a type of music uh, uh, later on, uh, salsa, and I said, I need to learn how to how to dance this, mm-hmm. just like I had experienced. And, again, a difficult, as you know, there are chapters of, of difficulties in our lives. Right. It was very, very helpful, far more than being a musician. Mm-hmm. And then wh- one day when I was playing as a musician, with a DJ, I was playing percussion, mm-hmm. I broke away from playing and actually danced. Mm-hmm. And there was a huge aha moment for me because music had always, as a, playing as a musician, has all, had always been the nirvana, of the highest experience of just being in full, fully in your body and enjoy. And I was dancing and I realized that dance was far better. I just had never put them together. Mm-hmm. And I had been playing professionally since I was 13 and, yes. and broke away as a te- became a teacher and did other things in my life. And here I was dancing, and it was like, this is really remarkable. I mean, just, <laughs> it was almost like, you know, it's almost like realizing you're falling in love with a different woman or something. <laughs> here I was realizing how much more this was. So I, I experienced that this dan- this experience of dance was very, very much being in your body. And mm-hmm. being in your body, right now there's a great deal of, uh, of movement towards mindfulness and how well that helps people with anxiety and depression and uh, PTSD, those those who survived PTSD, mm-hmm. uh, uh, some sort of um, tragic event. Yeah. And so dance is a type of, of meditation or mindfulness mm-hmm. and moving. And, and instead of sitting in an office with somebody mm-hmm. and learning how to breathe and be in your body, pay attention to your heart, it's not so easy to do this as a as a therapist, mm-hmm. but what a a powerful thing to do is to is to to teach people mm-hmm. how to be in their body uh, and listen to the music and and get back to where they were when they were little kids and it was natural to dance. Yeah. So tango came along, and then it surprised me because at first I was telling everybody, you know, I'm a more of a 
salsero than tanguero. <laughs> wow. Well, eventually I realized that was no longer true. Mm-hmm. And when I danced tango, I was able to stop, you know, and pay attention, especially as a musician. I could lead these moves that would go exactly with the music. And I said, this is what tango is really allowing us to do, is mm-hmm. just to be in our body and not to dance to music, but be danced by the music. Mm. And that's what tango... Tango is way ahead of of the other dances that I know. Mm-hmm. Although I, I think there are other things, actually. I do know how to uh, dance blues. Mm-hmm. And that is really being danced by the music as well. Yeah. But there's nothing like what tango of yeah. offers to, to be danced by the music. Mm-hmm. It's a very wonderful thing yeah. and very healing. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got into it. I was uh, just invited to go dance tango. I said, oh, no, I don't really like this dance. I've seen it danced. <laughs> and it was, you know, I was in Kaiserslautern in Germany, mm-hmm. which had once been the epicenter of tango mm-hmm. in Germany. Where, uh, where in Germany again? It was Kaiserslautern, a little town. But there, the, the man who was putting it on, people were coming from, from Frankfurt and, and Wiesbaden and Mainz and, and other mm-hmm. large cities just to come dance at the Cotton Club. And uh, it was a huge, but then eventually became the Virginia city or the ghost town mm-hmm. of Tango because uh, some people went off to Buenos Aires, fell in love with somebody, and they brought back their, their teacher uh. who, who they married or, or, just, <laughs> or just brought them back. Mm-hmm. And they started teaching in the large cities like mm-hmm. Wiesbaden and mm-hmm. especially Frankfurt. Yeah. Frankfurt on mine is still a, a huge hub uh, and my favorite dancing place in, in Germany. Okay. So, yeah. I just got yeah. back from Germany last week. So, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, we, I was in Bochum with my fiance. And yeah, they had a really nice community there and a really nice venue. Really? Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of fun where, wherever you travel and, and you uh, see Tangueros, it's, there's a very familiar vibe with the right. groups. I almost feel yeah, like Yeah, it's know. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I found, this is how I, I do to segue forward. Sure. What I discovered later mm-hmm. is I became an EMDR therapist. Uh, and EMDR is a, a mm-hmm. type of evidence-based therapy mm-hmm. that allows movement or uses movement to, to process tragic events. Mm. I avoid the word traumatic events, by the way, because I very much believe that my colleagues often misuse uh, words, and that's our tool. Our Mm. our tools are our words. And trauma actually comes from Greek, meaning a physical wound. And what what people are experiencing, Mm -hmm. and they come to milongas not with physical wounds, and they may have those as well, but, but we often are experiencing tragedies such as the death of a, a loved one, mm-hmm. um, having gone to war, yeah. uh, having gone to war has been kind of my, my that's where I learned EMDR, uh, eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing ther- ther- therapy, that's, mm-hmm. that's what the EMDR means. Okay. Anyway, it was a movement, a type of movement that allowed people to, let's call it process Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, the original word was to be desensitized, but the person who discovered this eye movement modality mm-hmm. realized that wasn't the best name, but it was kind of like after you've named it something, everybody knows it, it was hard to, so it wasn't desensitization, mm-hmm. it was just a type of processing. I see. And then uh, I started experiencing these incredible events uh, with uh, working with members of the, of the armed forces who, interestingly enough, when, when I started doing these move, eye movements while talking about the things that they wanted to process, such mm-hmm. as um, one of my first cases, uh, I still was blessed with having a, a, an easier case. Mm-hmm. As I was doing eye movement, and he went back to his mother abandoning him. And oh. that abandonment was the thing that he really needed to process. It was, mm-hmm. And it was went against what I was thought as a behavioralist. I was, you know, you can't change anything with the past. Just how do you deal with the, the, the present? Mm-hmm. But it would bring these uh, folks back. And it was a surprise to, to him. It was a surprise to me I, that this, this came, even came up. Mm-hmm. So uh, eye movement or movement itself sometimes bring, brings up things. Wow. The reason that dance, however, <laughs> that isn't very good, or any eye, eye movement isn't very good, is mm-hmm. sometimes it's, it's very, it begins with, with calming, mm-hmm. but then what we do without a guide uh, or a therapist, we tend to avoid it and then just find something else to think mm-hmm. about. 
So the reason that it's very good to go to dance somewhere, but it's fraught with all sorts of problems. Yeah. You know, you're sitting there as a woman or a man and nobody's right. looking at you. Right. Now you're dealing with with shunning and, and you know, it just that might be a problem. So dance by itself in, in a non, let's say, clinical setting or a controlled setting mm-hmm. can be all but healing. Yeah. So, so you can't really call the milonga a, a place where people are going to find healing. Mm-hmm. What you can find very easily is if you are at least in a non-toxic community or in a smaller group or whatever, you can find resiliency. Is mm-hmm. that getting out and moving has created these wonderful endorphins and yeah. the endorphins actually comes from a word from Morpheus. Mm-hmm. Morpheus was the, was the god of sleep. And mm. and from Morpheus, uh, morphine was was stolen because it yeah. was a drug. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so we still have that word endorphins, but it means internal, really not morphine, but internal Morpheus, the god. Uh, we internalize it. Okay. So endorphins are are released by graceful movement. Mm-hmm. Graceful movement can be dance or tai chi or yoga mm-hmm. or going for a good walk. The the more graceful we are, the more endorphins are re- released. Yeah. On a survival level, this is an interesting thing that I've kind of discovered, mm-hmm. is on a survival level, the rabbit who is graceful outruns the cheetah. Mm. And the cheetah who runs gracefully is more likely to eat. <laughs> you see? Yeah. So, so gracefulness, athletes usually don't call it gracefulness, but the more graceful the uh, slalom skier the more likely he's going to or she's going to get across the line faster. Mm-hmm. Or the the more graceful, we don't use that word usually, mm-hmm. basketball player earns a million dollars more. Mm-hmm. So in, in real terms, yeah. gracefulness is it creates these endorphins, and the endorphins are really giving feedback to the uh, any animal, mm-hmm. the human being, to say, do that. That's what I want you to do. Because <laughs> grace is going to keep you from being injured at, or to catch the rabbit or whatever your mission is. Yeah. And so now it's, as dancers, mm-hmm. what's going to be graceful? What What's creating the, That's going to be a communication between two people yeah. that she, she really knows what you're doing or mm-hmm. uh, you know what she's doing by paying attention to her. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. just a, an incredibly beautiful and healing effect mm-hmm. in the fact that we need more endorphins mm-hmm. than to clear out all the cortisol created um, uh, uh, stress hormone mm-hmm. or uh, adrenaline and yeah. and these things start a cascade of, of things called endorphins mm-hmm. and oxytocin from hugging another person creates right. oxytocin and bonding mm-hmm. with children and, and parents mm-hmm. and of course dopamine yeah, we know these we know these drugs mm-hmm. from hearing about dopamine being released by cocaine or rest, right, right. Thus, creating a problem because mm-hmm. in the general community, right, there's this belief that tango is addictive. Right. Th- that's th- that's a very sad thing. <laughs> well, well uh, what I've heard is tango is addictive, and like it does sort of stimulate the part of your brain that would for an addict, but. It somehow doesn't necessarily come with a lot of the negative consequences, say, of a drug addiction. Right. This is actually blocking us mm-hmm. from the healing element. Oh, okay. Beca- because remember I said the most important thing that I can do as a clinical social worker mm-hmm. is to make sure people are careful with their words. These negative things. If a person is telling them to self, oh, I, I'm an ass, well, that was stupid. And then they say, say something like, I'm, I'm also addicted. Mm-hmm. Addicted to what? Holding your child? That, that's what gives you oxytocin. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, going for a good walk? Mm-hmm. Um, that's what gives you endorphins and, and releases dopamine because they start all working together. Mm-hmm. So we have this very negative language, these autumn automatic negative thoughts, the so-called ANTs, the ants. Mm-hmm. So we have these ants taking over. And this is what's really, uh, I'm afraid of, Joe, is that one day you really have a bad milonga or a few of them. Yeah. And you say, you know what? I've been cured. Uh... Cured from what? From, from the, 
the, from the healing effects of, of movement and, mm -hmm. and listening to music and, and music dancing your body, no, that's a very sad thing. Yeah. yeah. Very, very, very sad thing. And it's blocking the realization of what tango can be. Mm -hmm. What a great thing that you've that we have stumbled across a dance that da a, a music that and a, a way of dancing that allows us to be danced. Mm -hmm. Like Wa Wan Ko or the, the uh, Wa Wan Ko or, or uh, Solon and Salsa. Mm -hmm. In Cuba, people had this thing, the best dancers were possessed mm -hmm. by the gods, mm -hmm. and the gods were dancing them. Mm -hmm. And so to have this experience of being danced by the music, mm -hmm. and not just taking out steps, yeah. uh, and the, you know, believe me, we could go on down this route of the way it's taught, is often with steps, mm -hmm. but allowing uh, the body to respond the way it responds. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a wonderful thing and a mm -hmm. very healing thing. Yeah. So let me ask you, Mark, there are a lot of the listeners out there who, who are beginners, but they've gotten, you know, they're, they're starting to attend malangas more often. So they're probably a little bit more, say, past that stage of, of being apprehensive. So they're now starting to come to malangas a little bit more regularly. But of course, we bring a lot of our anxieties or all types of emotional baggage, um, maybe nothing quite as serious as what you've been dealing with, uh, let's say for, for, you know, say soldiers with PTSD, but you know, there, we all have our issues, you know, if we're consciously aware of that and then we're dancing, is there a way to sort of, uh, in our head, sort of apply what we're doing with tango to help address emotional baggage or, uh, whatever kind of negative feelings or anxiety that we might be feeling? Well, um, if someone is, has a, a diagnosis such mm -hmm. as PTSD or anxiety mm -hmm. or um, depression, I, I very much believe that many people will take a medication but they won't get help. And that's something like taking Valium because you have fear of horses. But the reason that you were given the Valium was to get back on the horse, but you didn't do that part. <laughs> mm -hmm. So sometimes people do need to take medication if they're they're struggling with a, a major depressive disorder, mm -hmm. but um, or uh, anxiety. If they if really tr truly have anxiety, they need to have have smaller milongas and people who know them and and start mm -hmm. getting over that. And then this is what I discovered with um, uh, there was an experience that I had. Mm -hmm. After I learned EMDR that I was telling you about, mm -hmm. eye movement, desensitization, reprocessing therapy, mm -hmm. once I learned that, I was realizing, you know, if it's eye movement, what about just movement? What about walking? Mm -hmm. The left and right of, of the eye movement was um, allowed the, the left and the right hemisphere to kind of process the emotions of the right hemisphere with the logic of the left hemisphere and also to be able not just have the emotions and then just freak out and, and not want to think about it. Mm -hmm. So the, the logic part and the and the motion part of our brain start talking to each other. Okay. And then we start getting a, a larger view of it or a fair view of it. Mm -hmm. So I was just doing some walking and uh, on my own uh, tango walk mm -hmm. uh, and outdoors when nobody was looking, <laughs> mm -hmm. and and I found myself resolving some things that that bothered me mm -hmm. from from my own past, mm -hmm. and something I never really thought was that big of a deal. But it was amazing how powerful it was. Yeah, wow. And then somebody would a friend, uh, female friends would come to the longa and say, "I just found out that my husband has a diagnosis, and and I don't know how we're going to pay for." for the treatment and I'm just really upset and I said let's just walk mm -hmm. let's just walk and I want you to bring up what your concerns are and we're going to walk and the, the other thing is I, I would just stop because tango allows me to do it right mm -hmm. if it were salsa this would not happen right. I would just pause with the music mm -hmm. uh, in the right place of course and I would just whisper and what do you see now and there was uh, the very similar experience of what what uh, EMDR would be like. The door would open, and you would see a different scene. And then you say, "Okay, leave it there. Let's just walk." Mm -hmm. And then we go farther, and and pause again, and pause again. And at the end, the person was saying, "I know what I can do, and mm -hmm. I, I know it's going to be okay." And um, I experienced this enough. I'm thinking of especially one person who was really not kind of a new tango dancer, but a very talented. 
mm-hmm. semi-pro dancer, and she loved tango, mm-hmm. and she was good because she just had all this dance in her blood from you know from all, her whole life dancing. Nice. And she told me that she was going to. Um, she was so angry at her father that she never wanted to see him again, and she hoped he died. Okay. And I said, oh, come on, dear. If he dies in the next bit of time, you're going to regret that for the rest of your life. Mm. Let's do a tango walk. And so as I was dancing with her, mm. um, uh, let me back up a little bit. Sure. When, I'm, when I'm doing eye movement, with, uh, and they're guiding them with my hand, mm-hmm. I always know when a, an important event's going to happen because they, their eyes just suddenly lock like something just happened. And I mm-hmm. said, okay, just w- what just happened? Mm-hmm. And they would tell me. And then we would go on from there, because sometimes it was very ugly. But um, and then we'd go on to, to the point where it would resolve. And sometimes, in in the most powerful way, that it was probably I, I would say almost a spiritual experience, because I've seen that people would resolve incredible hate, uh, and, and 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 say, you know, I don't need to hate that person. Mm-hmm. I I can I, I'm gonna let them live their karma, and I'm gonna live my own. Mm-hmm. But in her case, she we were dancing instead of because we were dancing, she didn't she didn't I wasn't watching her eyes. This mm-hmm. was close embrace, and I'm uh, we're just walking along, and she nearly fell down. And anyway, the end of that story, there were s- several iterations of of what, just walking, and this mm-hmm. was n- nothing more than walking, a good old tango walk to music. Mm-hmm. And at the end, she said, "You know what? I know that I can't say that and do that." And she came up with um, some solutions, and then she actually went out and saw her dad and gave him some boundaries and continued on and still has a good relationship with him. Yeah. Yeah. So I started seeing that there was an application of movement Mm -hmm. with that was very similar to EMDR. And what we're talking about, it's very important to realize what is happening is it's not only the endorphins, not only the oxytocin, Mm -hmm. and and the dopamine that are re- is that we become calmer and we, we start flushing out the, the cortisol and anxieties and yeah. adrenaline, and then, then we're open for something else. Uh, I started seeing how powerful that was. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, your question is how, how do you apply this? I just mm-hmm. think that the most important thing is going out and dancing is yeah. very, very, very good for you. Mm-hmm. If someone needs to work something out, I would think that they would need someone to coach them to stay on task mm-hmm. and to pause. Because yeah. if you keep going, um, there's a thing called flooding. Okay. So I highly recommend EMDR okay. for people. Uh, there are other, other ways of doing it. Uh, the mind is a filter mm-hmm. from our amygdala, the, uh, the limbic part of our brain where uh, fear and survival yeah. Is it also makes us good, very good dancers? Why, by the way, our limbic brain. So I, I don't mm. believe in that this is the lizard brain, as many people call it. It's, right. It's, it's it's our beautiful brain. It's our yeah. soul. Mm-hmm. The Greeks would have called it the soul because mm-hmm. that's where our feelings are. But uh, I think it's it would be if somebody is really uh, struggling with PTSD and mm-hmm. they need, I would say uh, I would really highly recommend a guide. Okay. But going out and being mindful. Mm-hmm. is going to bring a slowly but surely res- resolution, as life does. You know, many people get over PTSD all by themselves. Mm-hmm. And really, it's not all by, by themselves. It's the people who love them. Yeah. People love them and hug them, and, and they just get over it. You know, the, the, you know, the red-haired man with blue eyes that raped her, this woman, mm-hmm. you know, every man with blue eyes and, and, and red hair was evil. Yeah. And sometimes all on her own, she gets over that by just living. Mm-hmm. So tango is, a, is a, one of those things that assists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, I think a lot of us out there, you know, who don't have your expertise, I and mean, we do feel something happening. And it's really great that you're able to kind of give us a, a somewhat of an explanation on, on what exactly is, is going on. Yeah, uh, something is it's very nice. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you read my blog, I have some things about the... Uh, I think every blog, mm-hmm. at least mine, has a has a search engine, mm-hmm. and uh, looking under the autonomic nervous system and learning more about that. It's really mm-hmm. what Tango is allowing us to do is get in that parasympathetic nervous system to kind of lower our our you know anxieties and and concerns and get into this repose that mm-hmm. uh, that Tango allows us. Yeah. And 
I guess anybody who's really starting to enjoy tango, mm-hmm. one of the things that'll kill it, I believe, and, and, and kill tango in general mm-hmm. for a person, but also for the general community, yeah. is some wonderful and beautiful dancers. But mm-hmm. what has happened to the joy? It's, it's yeah. all about having fun, mm-hmm. having adrenaline. Mm-hmm. And tango can give you a drill, and you oh, know yeah. you can open up and do a whole bunch of cool moves and the music, and it's Darienzo, and you're having a good old time. Yeah. But there's more to tango than the adrenaline, and I, of mm-hmm. course, I've experienced that. I've performed. Uh, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But really, the healing element of it is not adrenaline. It's the other side. It's the oh, parasympathetic okay. nervous system. The parasympathetic nervous system um, is is calming. The sympathetic mm-hmm. is pain is being danced by the music, by the way. So it's not bad. Mm-hmm. The sympathetic nervous system is reacts just as if somebody tries to hit you and and you you get away and mm-hmm. you or you blink. Mm-hmm. That's your sympathetic nervous system. Okay. Uh, but also the music is is playing and you're responding to it. So it's from the outside, mm-hmm. and we're responding to it. That's a sympathetic nervous system. But mm-hmm. what's powerful in the in us is in our nervous system. There's this parasympathetic nervous system that that kind of works together in tandem, mm-hmm. kind of like, in, in a sense, kind of like, you know, our roles, the the roles of dance, mm-hmm. of how it works together is very much like how the the the, the autonomic nervous system works. Mm-hmm. So. When you get this balance, and both people are getting the balance, I, w- the way I try to dance is mm-hmm. the person I'm dancing with, male or female. But mm-hmm. but if I if I'm in in the a role feminino, mm-hmm. I would be paying attention in a totally different way, very much like the parasympathetic nervous system. I'm dancing along with, mm-hmm. and wow, the greatest dances for me uh, uh, as I mostly dance in the role. Masculino, mm-hmm. and when I'm dancing that in that role, I am very much aware of how she is, or he doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. She is calming me, and mm-hmm. and I'm listening to her, and and at the end, she she might say, "Well, I was just following you," and actually, I think, <laughs> "Why do you say that? Yeah. I was I was I did things I have never done before because mm-hmm. of you." Yeah. So, and that's how our nervous system works together. It's not the one or the other it's how they work together nice so mark i want to maybe change gears just a little bit to uh sure. to communities and you know again there are a lot of uh people who are listening who are relatively new to tango just starting to come out to uh to malangas so from your perspective what are what are some things maybe little things or maybe some big things that uh that we can do as fellow community members to help make those people feel a little bit more comfortable well, to uh, a new dancer and, and to any community, tango uh, went through a lot of changes, and, and they learned a lot through the years. And mm-hmm. and what Europeans and Americans and others do with that that uh, um, is sometimes unfortunate because it's uh, there was a lot of wisdom in the history of tango. And one of the things is to understand the importance of not asking for a dance. Mm-hmm. I very much believe that the mirada is mm-hmm. ever so powerful as a so-called cabeceo. Mm-hmm. When you look at certain communities, such as uh, the uh, Bonobo monkeys, that's mm-hmm. a community that's run by women, by the way, yeah. or by the, the female. And yeah. they're very, very good with not talking. You know, they have a problem with talking. You know, those <laughs> the apes have problems with talking. Mm-hmm. But they they do use the mirada and the, and the cabeceo okay. very very effectively to um, reproduce to about food and all the rest. Mm-hmm. There's all this eye contact. Mm-hmm. So having eye contact and being pleasant and getting you know getting a dance through that is very very important and, and not just passive. Okay. There's things that a woman can do. That's what I think the most important thing to to say to to mm-hmm. the new female dancers. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other end, the cabeceo is really important, and uh, not to ask for a dance except mm-hmm. through your eyes. And, and the reason that's important, just in this dance more than any other dance mm-hmm. uh, that I've danced, at least uh, in blues and and uh, swing and ballroom, all the rest. Mm-hmm. You can dance one time, and if it is not so pleasant, 
mm-hmm. then it's okay, and you go on. If if you went to a milonga and and everybody had to just dance one tango, and then you went to the next person, it wouldn't be such a big thing. Mm-hmm. But to invest four tangos yeah. in a row, mm-hmm. that's a little bit different. So it's really important to avoid asking for a dance. Mm-hmm. So this is what I recommend. Is the other thing is there's no such thing as in a good community. Mm-hmm. In a good community, there should be no shunning. So I'll go to a milonga, and a person will never look at me mm-hmm. because she's afraid from in that community because there's askers. Ah. So she's afraid that I would ask her. Mm-hmm. So she basically looks down and she just knows the people she wants to dance with. Mm-hmm. And it's really unfortunate. So, but then I'll, I'll run into her maybe on the streets of, I'm thinking of DC, I'm thinking of a particular Tangera, mm-hmm. and there I see her, and then she's all smiles. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Or if, I, or she had a, if she was, had a broken down car, I would stop and say, I recognize her, yeah. and I would help her out. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't ask her for a dance after fixing her tire. Right. So it's really important um, to be mindful of that. And the reason I'm bringing this up as a therapist, it is mm-hmm. by far the biggest error that we're making that will create toxic communities mm-hmm. is to have shunning. Okay. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to dance with everybody, but I go over and, and uh, especially with my hand, my, I come in with my shoe bag and mm-hmm. I walk around and say hello to everyone. Yeah. And the shoe bag is important because I'm not dancing with you. I'm not asking you for a dance. I'm mm-hmm. just saying hello. Yeah. For those people that may not want to dance with me, that's fine, mm-hmm. but I still say hello. Mm-hmm. Um, a small community in Germany, mm-hmm. it was it was clearly made evident by kind of the rules is that we always say hello to each other. Ah. And actually, in a French in the, uh, a French community near Strasbourg, mm-hmm. where I met my wife, everyone would say hello. You may not dance with them, but you mm-hmm. do say hello. I mean, and and we just we're just not getting that in America, and it right. creates this this um, this very uh, sad thing. And mm-hmm. the shunning the shunning part is is particularly bad because just recently, by the way, mm-hmm. we learned something we we've never known mm-hmm. is there are certain emotions that that light up the brain in the same place that pain is is lighting up. Mm. Shunning is lighting up ah, the same place. Yes. Now, doesn't it make sense? All those tangos that say, she left me and now I feel like I should cut my wrists and bleed out. <laughs> and I mean, really, mm-hmm. hello. Well, this probably it's a good thing that if you don't know tang- Spanish. Mm-hmm. But, but the same thing with blues and country western. And you know what? Interesting thing. The, inter- the interesting thing is I was looking at the suicide rates among musicians, oh. and guess what? The lowest ones are blues singers and uh-huh. country western singers because <laughs> they get out the emotions. They don't hide the emotions. They mm-hmm. say, she left me, you know, mm-hmm. Lucille, Lucille, how could you leave me with, yeah. with a, a five hungry children and the crops in the field? <laughs> how could you do that? Yeah. I don't know how many children it was. I think it was five. I don't know. But they, but they get out their feelings in their music, and uh, which is another hint of what music can do. It mm-hmm. allows you to feel, feel your gut, feel to be fully human. It's yeah. very powerful. But if we could eliminate the shunning that goes on, mm-hmm. so I s- saw that, uh, and I wrote a, an article about the article was was called "What Makes Tango Antisocial." Mm. Another writer on the, in the same week yeah. in France, mm-hmm. writing in English, talked about, you know, it's okay. That's what tango is all about. Mm-hmm. So there was kind of like we were on different bookends of uh, holding up this this the same books, right? Mm-hmm. But my my belief was tango doesn't need to be a shunning thing. You may not dance with a person, but don't shun. Mm-hmm. And there's a very good reason for that because. When we shun somebody, it's like poking them. Uh-huh. And if everybody's poking them, mm-hmm. they they want to go home, and yeah. I don't want to ever dance tango again. And they're so mean, and so, mm-hmm. and, and they didn't say anything to you. But that's right, they didn't say anything, and right. they didn't that's look the at you mm-hmm. as if you were even a person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's really bizarre yeah. in a small community mm-hmm. where people don't even acknowledge you as a human being. Right. So that has to really. Uh, has to stop. If you want to pride yourself as a community that's not toxic, mm-hmm. stop causing that pain mm-hmm. uh, response in the brain yeah. and start creating more o- oxytocin. Maybe a hug, 
uh, you may not dance with me perhaps or you don't want to dance with me or I don't want to dance with you but we still might hug each other and, mm -hmm. and say hey how are you doing it's great to see you and go on yeah that's not superficiality that's just you know you just can't you can't have everybody as good friends that's all right. yeah it's not a big deal it's not superficial at all right, right. Yeah, I remember visiting, you know, some medium to smaller size communities and just when someone comes up, hey, you're new here, nice to meet you, th that goes a long way. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, Mark. Um, so, yeah, something just popped into my head when you mentioned toxic communities. Now, uh, this may be opening another can of worms. When it comes to, say, toxic individuals, I'm not going to, I'm not, you know, naming any particular community or person. This is a kind of a subject that's that's fascinated me, and it's it fascinates other, yeah, other people. We always know a couple of, you know, toxic individuals wherever you go. But the thing is, they, they don't necessarily present themselves as toxic people. They kind of disguise themselves. They're very good at this, very disguise themselves as as the good guys now right yeah and then they prey on on those who may be vulnerable or who may be right. new so um from as a therapist mark what are what are some ways that might help us spot or to be on the lookout for such individuals yeah it's a, a huge a huge subject yeah. right now um mm -hmm. because we're going into a a little bit of a phase with Me Too, uh, with mm -hmm. some very important things that are happening in the world. Yeah. But it also can be reputation, um, reputation lynching for mm. perceptions of um, improprieties. Right. So we have to be very, very careful uh, that we and become more mature about mm -hmm. uh, about the good progress that's being made. Right. I've been an advocate for people of all backgrounds, uh, mm -hmm. males and females, who have been in domestic uh, violence. Uh, that was my first interest, actually, as a clinical mm. social worker. Mm -hmm. But I, I know that I've been shut out by by certain people in the community who don't want to hear a little bit of the the larger view of mm -hmm. of how a person can have their own issues and create a big storm over what a person has done mm -hmm. in a community. Mm -hmm. But on the other end, and I think this is more, that's just aside, you know, mm -hmm. let, put, let me put that aside. But mm -hmm. there are people who are, are psychopathic, and, and not as a diagnosis, mm -hmm. uh, but as psychopathic in their behavior. Mm -hmm. uh, there, uh, God forbid, a true psychopath is a very dangerous person. Right. A sociopath is somebody you look at and you say, I need to avoid that guy because he's probably going to kill me. Mm -hmm. And a psychopath is someone, you don't know how dangerous they are, and they're going to it maybe even kill you or certainly harm you in some way right. and and have no guilt that's what a psychopath is right so um i would again suggest if for anybody who's concerned of, in that area they can mm -hmm. there are things that i've written about all you have to do is write tango vulture in my um in my blog mm -hmm. uh in the in the search box mm -hmm. which i first started using that word and then um there's one book that i recommend uh, just by looking up psychopath mm -hmm. um, for my blog and it'll come up. But uh, a very important book was written to know what psychopaths do and mm -hmm. how they work. Mm -hmm. And that is the, the, the gift of fear. That's the mm -hmm. book. Okay. And, I, and I talk about the, the basic components of that book. Mm -hmm. A forensic psychiatrist, and she was at one time a partner, Mm -hmm. of mine, a wonderful psychiatrist, the most, most uh, uh, competent psychiatrist I ever worked with, and I ended up being in a relationship with her for a while, mm -hmm. but then she left, uh, she left the continent, so uh, yeah. that couldn't continue, mm -hmm. but uh, she, uh, she suggested that book, and she worked with uh, people, uh, went to court to talk about psychopathy. Mm. And um, so it's really important people understand what that is. Uh, but basically, what you have in a community that's a little bit more complex in Tango, because mm -hmm. the psychopath can be a beloved dancer mm -hmm. and a very good dancer. Yeah. The first article that I ever did on this was it was a tr translation of, from somebody who described a man who was a community, and he would he would stand up and talk about the pro proper etiquette and and not dancing more than one tanda and uh, he would call people out but he was really being more like an alpha male and he was not allowing other men to do what he was doing or mm. or to you know getting close to women and and all the rest even though that was as, as socially acceptable between the couple mm. he was getting in the way mm. and 
kind of like almost like wolves will do. They will not allow the lesser, the the uh, the alpha male will not allow the lessers, alpha female will not allow lesser mm-hmm. uh, couples to to um, to mate. Yeah. So what we have in the community often is is alpha females and alpha males who are making a big deal about what is going on in the community, mm-hmm. but they themselves are are doing this out of power, power yeah. issues. Uh, that's that's what I'm experiencing mm-hmm. uh, in a community right now. I see. And um, they might be the ones that, that go and and have this tribunal against one person, mm-hmm. but they're not looking at their own lives. Uh, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Projection, Very interesting maybe. phenomenon. Yeah. And the first when I translated uh, the, mm. from German into English, this um, blog about I'm trying to remember what the name of it is. I actually have it up up right now on my my Tango blog, off to the side as a featured thing. I'll leave it up for a while. Mm-hmm. If somebody wants to find it on Tango Therapy Tango Hyphen Therapist mm-hmm. Blogspot dot com, but. Um, I didn't even see it the first time I had translated, but mm-hmm. that's exactly what this guy was doing. He was, and he ended up ruining it in this small community. Oh, wow. People, people fell in love with him, and then he would use them, and then a new person would come, mm-hmm. and and this created this toxic environment. Mm-hmm. And here's a person who was saying, you know, what was proper at a milonga, and he was mm-hmm. he was actually causing the problem. Wow. So we have that person, mm-hmm. but then there are also other people that are not. They're just they come as dancers. Mm-hmm. They might not be teachers. They might not be organizers. Mm-hmm. Although the, there are those who are psychopathic mm-hmm. and their behaviors that are those, but there's just regular people who come and they will see a new dancer and they'll just take that new dancer and dance and dance and dance and dance mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. And the the woman will not see what's coming. Yeah. But this is the problem: mm-hmm. is the the veteran dancers mm-hmm. need to come and say, you know, this is not cool. Yeah, we dance one dance and we stop, yeah. and we might dance another time, but just not one after another. Right. That there's something not right here. Right. And because because of what? Mm-hmm. We learned that many many years ago in the 40s that that was a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from what little I know of uh, just kind of spotting these people, I remember I did did a little reading on um, on cult indoctrination. I don't know if you're a if you're familiar with a guy named Steve Hassan, you know, who's one of the uh, foremost authorities on high control groups, and he says, you know, one thing to look out for is something called love bombing. When this, I've, you know, you can see this sometimes happens in dance communities where, like you said, when someone might pick up a new dancer, and then they'll they'll just flatter the heck out of that person, and you know, just say all these really really complimentary things, but it's that it's used as a manipulation rather than than sincere. And yes. that's just one, one thing to, to look out for. Yeah, and Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know the, the thing is the codicos, mm-hmm. the the tango etiquette has all, all these suggestions for very very good reasons and and uh, people say, well, yeah, that's that's Buenos Aires, but it's not us. Mm-hmm. Believe me, what is do you want your community to become toxic mm-hmm. and to fall apart? Toxic mm-hmm. communities don't stay together very well. Right. How many people? I, I, certainly, I came into dance, mm-hmm. um, swing dancing, and at first, you know, really uh, as a vulnerable person. Yeah. And um, less so uh, with tango, but that even with tango, when I discovered tango, mm-hmm. I was uh, geographically separated from my children uh, who were young, and mm-hmm. I just it was a that was really hard, and mm-hmm. tango allowed me. To, to deal with it because it was just very very heavy on my heart. Yeah. So we're all susceptible, especially new to dance, mm-hmm. as we're out and we're trying to be resilient. Mm-hmm. And all these men and women who are coming to the dance are very vulnerable. We should be, yeah. you know, taking care of them. They're you know tango guppies. And we need right. to take care of them. Right. And we yeah. don't do a good job of that mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. They, they don't even know what a cabeceo is, and they've been dancing for two years. I'm sorry. <laughs> Something, something's yeah. wrong with that community and the mm-hmm. teacher in that community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and that's that's not just America, by the way. Yeah. I went. I was dancing in uh, Freiburg in in uh, in Germany, mm. and I couldn't figure out what was going on. I couldn't get a dance. Hmm. And then I realized, ah, the teacher. I found out later didn't believe in in the cabeceo mirada. Oh. So I had to ask, and if I wasn't asking, they just didn't get it. Oh, 
and uh, that, you know, I had experienced that all over Germany. Mm-hmm. And and where did that person come from? Buenos Aires. Oh. They just, you know, and, and the other thing that they tell themselves is, well, the Germans really can't get this uh, warm embrace stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You know, if you go to Frankfurt, you're going to have plenty of wonderful warm embraces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Mannheim is one of my favorite places to dance. Yeah, I as was well. actually at a Milonga in Mannheim once. A great time. In Flores, wonderful mm-hmm. milonga and wonderful close embrace. That's mm-hmm. the norm. Nice. And if the Germans can do it, Americans <laughs> should be able to do it. Hello. <laughs> They're actually very good dancers. Yeah. The men take it very, very seriously, mm-hmm. and they study it, and they take it on. And the funny thing, by the way, in Germany and other countries, somebody will say, I've been dancing for five years. I'm still a beginner. And they're serious, though. They're absolutely serious. Oh. <laughs> Here, you know, it's like six months, and I'm already in intermediate advanced right. classes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of self-awareness. Yeah, yeah please. <laughs> and uh, l- let me just suggest something, too, uh, sure. uh, to go back to the very beginning. Mm-hmm. If you're not dancing a mindful dance, mm-hmm. it's not going to be a healing dance. Uh-huh. If you're not letting the music dance you, both as a, a woman and a... Uh, too many times I know exactly what the woman's doing. She's paying only attention to me mm-hmm. and does not hear the music. That's mm-hmm. usually not her fault. It's her teacher's t- fault. Mm-hmm. But a person who's really letting the music dance themselves, yeah. be danced by the music, that per- that person just is going to lead me through the most wonderful, I'm using the word lead on purpose. Mm-hmm. She's going to lead me into the most wonderful ta- tanda of the mm-hmm. night if she's doing that. Yeah. Just wonderful. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And just what you said about just being mindful, just that with that walking, just like feeling that the music and just what your body is doing. I found that to be really helpful for, for a lot of people, myself included. Yeah. And the other thing, that's for women mm-hmm. uh, or anybody who wants to play the uh, play or dance the, the so-called follower. Um, mm-hmm. I hate that word. You're right. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I have a lot of written about, written about this too. It's slowly changing with the, mm-hmm. To the to that role, I, I also uh, I also practice Tai Chi. I like it as the mm-hmm. Yin, the Yin power, uh-huh. uh, the the breathing in power, mm-hmm. and then the ex, the exhaling power is the Yang. Mm-hmm. I I love uh, love to think of it like that. But anyway, but for men, I did this for a long time. For two years, I did not purposely avoided doing the cross. Mm-hmm. Do you know why? Why I just I just saw so many automatic crosses, I was wondering, how can I uncross it? It's not like I'm, you know, it's against Christianity or anything, but I wanted to stop all the crosses. (laughs) Once I learned how to do that, then I went back to to doing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, then when I went to doing it, I said, I'm going to have to take a lesson on how to do the cross. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, we just, automatic dancing Mm -hmm. uh, without thinking and all the rest. But Mm -hmm. of course, I love the, the cross now. And yeah. And on both sides, and this, that, and the other thing. But, mm-hmm. but just let the music do it. It never gets boring. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. if uh, a rock and roll singer can say, "I can't get no satisfaction," and say that over and over and over, and it's it really sounds pretty cool, yeah. you know. <laughs> if if you can sing, you know, some stupid lyrics, and it sounds really cool, mm-hmm. the dancing can be that way too. Just yeah. do it musically mm-hmm. and with your soul. Yeah, that's what I would recommend to to anybody who's been dancing for any amount of time, but especially mm-hmm. these poor guys who get into classes and think that they have to impress the woman. Right. That, I don't know how, but I, I just avoided that from the very start. Mm-hmm. Just dance my own dance. Actually, I got some good feedback from a, a woman in Heidelberg, actually. I was mm-hmm. a, a young dancer, a mm-hmm. tango at least, in um, in Heidelberg. Mm-hmm. And this, I, I asked the woman, how long have you been dancing? And she said, 10 years. And I almost like fell down because, mm. you know, I didn't know anybody had been dancing for 10 years. I never oh, met wow. anybody. I just kept running into people who had been dancing for 10 years nice. in, in Germany. Mm-hmm. And she said, and I said, well, I've only been dancing for six months. He says, but you know what? You've got this great walk. Don't oh, ever wow. forget that. Nice. And that really set me on a, a different course. It really mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mark, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much again. Yeah. So uh, where yeah. do we find out more about you online? Uh, tango-therapist.blogspot.com. Great. I'll have it in our show notes. I'll post a link to it in our show notes so people will be able to find it really easily. 
Excelente. Okay. Okay. All right. Mark. It was great. Great having a conversation with you. We'll have to do this. We'll have to do this offline sometime. Yes, absolutely in person. I know. I I feel we could have talked all day. All right. And thank you again for your service to our country, Mark. I really appreciate that. Oh well. well, it's my pleasure. All right. You take care. All right. Take care, Mark. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay. Wow. Lots of information there. So I think that we can say yes. Tango is definitely healing. And by talking to Mark, who is a mental health professional, I had no idea there was so much to it. I thought it was really interesting how Mark draws parallels between tango and EMDR therapy, eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. I don't know about you, but I didn't even know what EMDR was until this interview, and that's something I'll definitely have to do more reading on. One thing that stuck out to me was the importance of words. Many of us are high achievers and we hold ourselves to high standards. And when we either fall short or think we fall short, uh, we have a tendency to use negative words on ourselves. And we really need to be careful about that. As Mark pointed out, negative words can easily turn into negative thoughts. And that can lead to a downward spiral that won't help our tango or anything else in our lives for that matter. Another thing that stuck out to me was how the simple act of walking can help us emotionally. It's not just the dopamine and the endorphins. By stepping, using our left foot and right foot, Mark finds that that helps reconcile or balance out the rational and emotional sides of our mental processes. And that's very effective when it comes to sorting through worries, anxieties, or other problems that are bothering us. So as Mark said, just walk. So thank you again, Mark, for your time, for sharing your knowledge and giving us a more detailed look at how Tango's healing effects really function. And uh, yeah, I'll definitely have to go back through this interview again to catch all of what you were saying because there's a lot of great information there. And thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. I know there are a lot of podcasts out there these days to choose from, and it's awesome that you took the time out of your day to listen to this one. I am very, very grateful. If you're enjoying the show, please take a quick moment to visit iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or whichever podcasting platform you're using. Subscribe if you haven't already, and please leave a five-star rating and review. That helps out a lot. To help keep the podcast going, I'm also accepting donations through PayPal. There's a link in the description and also one on the podcast website. Thank you very much for your support. All those donations are definitely secure, so you don't have to worry about that. Okay, that's it for today. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon. 